is the Cheap Jump Shots Podcast with your hosts, Matt Sidney and Chad Cohen. What's good? Welcome to the Cheap Jump Shots Podcast. I'm Matt Sidney, here with Chad Cohen. Chad, what's up, bud? How we doing? How we doing, man? Doing Happy right. Sunday. Happy Sunday. Vacation mode for me. Yeah, you're getting ready for a, a little getaway? Yeah, heading to the DR for about a week with the, whole fa- with the whole fam. That sucks, man. Yeah, dude, my family blows. Yeah, DR stinks, weather stinks. Your family really stinks. And then I stink. You smell. You don't yeah, stink, though. Yeah. Different yeah. stink, yeah. Right, yeah, it's more like a stench. Yeah. Siblings yeah. going? Siblings are going. The full Sydney crew. Yep. Everybody. Like 30 people. Oh, shit. this is gonna be nuts where are y'all staying again uh we're staying at a resort it's called like the ani Mm. it's like a it's ridiculous like beach resort type deal yeah i'm assuming yeah yep on like its own like little peninsula we like i don't think i can eat or get drinks on my own i think they have someone who like if i'm hungry like someone like makes me food (laughs) and I, i can't like just go grab a beer i think someone like brings me a beer has to grab it for you <laughs> yeah it's 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 ridiculous yeah man what's going on with you you know just getting through the dog days dog days of summer pretty excited with work about to start some sports medicine gonna be doing a little injection stuff nice so i'm excited about that and then i got a trip planned uh trip plan coming up in september where are you so going some, we're going to turkey gobble 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 just you know, it's like a, it's a Thanksgiving themed uh, getaway. <laughs> That's amazing. I hope you bring a lot of gravy, and I hope you just say gobble gobble everybody that you see. Obviously, just saying gobble gobble. Definitely gonna bring just a suitcase, like not I'm my carry on, but loose my, gravy, uh, loose gravy, my luggage, just, loose gravy, just loose gravy. <laughs> I'm gonna keep a little bit of the uh, luggage unzipped. Hopefully, like the gravy can you know squirt out. Ooh, love yeah. a nice gravy squirt out. You do love a good gravy squirt. <laughs> Ooh. Don't tell me for the good time. How do I get in that bag? Oh, you want us to be in the bag? Well, I mean, now that now I do. Now I want to get in that bag if there's a lot of gravy squirt going on. I can just take an extra, you know, uh, extra large bag for you. And then you just squeeze right down in there. There we go. I think, that, I, think, I, I think we figured it out. I think we figured it out. You have to stay in the bag the entire trip too. And you're only allowed to eat the gravy that is in there. I wouldn't want it any other way. You'd probably eat a six pack, man. Just yeah. maybe liquid yeah. diet, man. That's that's the big thing right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> liquid diet. It's, it's basically it's like my take on shakes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like thick or thin gravy? Thick. Okay. I, I agree. I, I only think there's one way to do gravy right. Like, yeah, when it gets like when it's runny, I think that's disgusting. Disgusting. And the um, you know, like the lighter gravy where it's almost like yeah. tan or that's also gross. Agreed. Yeah. And if you like that. You're gross. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. There's, no other, so there's no other way around it. <laughs> no other way around it. I bet you uh, your siblings like that type of gravy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because they stink. Stink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you touched on it. Dog days of summer. Not not much going on. Um, but uh, happy to announce that we will be having our first guest on this podcast. Um, it's my buddy from Villanova, uh, Dale Ashley. Um, Super insightful guy, uh, big 76ers fan. Um, yeah. And then uh, 
So, yeah, um, he actually played on the club basketball team at Villanova. Dale's yeah. a very good basketball player. I remember he was pretty legit. I think we played some pickup with him at one point when I visited you, and he was good. Yeah, yeah. He's... I, yeah, I'm excited to chat with him. I did not know his last name. Is his last name Ashley? Is that actually his last name? Yeah. I always thought of him as just Ash, which is nope. way cool. I'm not going to lie. That is cooler. How it brings you... him brown around for me, but one thing I've always aspired for is a good nickname. Have not found it yet. Triple C? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's like triple threat, except it's not a threat. It's a C. Zero threat. Zero threat coming from me. Three Cs, though. <laughs> three Cs. Three Cs. Zero, zero, zero threat, three Cs. Or triplec. That's another good one. That is another good one. <laughs> um, I guess back to our Xbox days. <laughs> so yeah, man, really excited to have Dale on. Yeah. I think he's going to be a really really cool guy to have on catch up with. He's, he's pretty insightful. Yeah. I think I'd love to, um, as a Sixers fan kind of, you know, get gather on some of his thoughts with what's going on with them. And, um, you know, maybe just hit on the Atlantic division a bit, see what, what he's thinking there. And we can all kind of go through that a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that sounds great. Let's do it, man. Let's, uh, let's get Dale on the call. Let's, let's, <laughs> Should let's, we bring him in? Let's bring him in. We're going to bring Dale in right now. Come on. Come on. Come on, Dale. Get in here. Okay. Yo. <laughs> what is up? Hey, guys. What's up, Dale? Not much. How are you? We're doing all right, man. Is that the what office? What up, man? Uh, yeah, this is my home office. Yes, yes. Nice. Yeah. Dude, we all look really good with our glasses. We look smart. Yes, yes. Definitely official. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right, buddy. Um, Chad, you want to give them a quick rundown of like what we're what we're thinking about doing? Yeah. So we had mentioned, um, you know, going through the Atlantic Division a bit, kind of chatting through some of the teams, what we think about their off seasons. Yep. Uh, kind of delving into that kind of topic, maybe kind of highlighting some players that we, uh, you know, think are you know the top and that Atlantic division running through maybe like a top five list, something like that. And going from there, seeing where the chat takes us. Yeah. I have a lot to say about the Sixers and the Nets. Um, obviously you guys can lead the way on the Celtics. Um, I, I don't know how much is worth talking about the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's a shot right there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, you wanna you wanna do a quick little intro? Let everyone know who you are, how amazing yes, yes. you are. Yes. Hey, everybody. Name is Dale. Went to school with uh, Matt Sydney at Villanova, class of 2015. Um, actually had an NBA podcast back in 2017 called Call It How We See It with a couple of my buddies, and I was fun fact a club basketball player for Villanova, so I know a thing or two on the court. And I am an avid NBA fan, game watcher, and I go to a fair amount of games each season as well. Did we run you out of business because of uh, the success of our podcast? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. So I saw like a massive shift of my viewers and listeners as soon as you guys started this podcast. And I didn't know if it was correlation or causation. Needless to say, I, I, it, it, it happened. Yeah. Well, I apologize. <laughs> It's, it's tough, you know. It's competitive out there. It was because we didn't have mics like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. it. it. It really is. That's where you you fucked up. It's fine. Um, you living, you living, you learn. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I mean, just to like start us off, 
I kind of had this idea. It's a new segment, Dale. Uh, we're going to try it with you. Um, I don't know how it's going to go. And chat, I'll kick it to you first, chat, and then I'll follow up and Dale, if you have anything to say afterwards. We're, um, we're going to call this, the, uh, this segment the Philadelphia 76ers, where we just kind of <laughs> say something really fun about the Philadelphia 76ers. So, chat, if you want to kick us off. I just wanted to read something from Hoop Reference and, cool. uh, from 2021. Awesome. Um, Doc Rivers is who he has always been, a fucking fraud. Get this fucking clown out of the team and out of the NBA. He fucking sucks. I think that's great. That's great content. Um, yeah. I have a couple things here. Uh, 76 haven't made a conference final since 2000, 2001. That's pretty fun. Uh, Philly essentially traded Jason Tatum for Marco Fultz. And I do have a fun stat. Uh, just take this how you see it. Last 15 years, Jimmy Butler has 46 playoff wins. Philadelphia 76 have 37. Just, just a fun fact. Dale, do you have anything that you want to do? Did you, do you have anything that you want to talk about? This? Yeah, yeah. The Philadelphia 76 had a 76% BPI chance to win the NBA Finals this year, and then they choked. Oh, oh no, no, no! Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I misunderstood the 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 prompt. That was about the Boston Celtics. Oh, I guess Shots I fired pre- again. I guess I didn't prepare the way that I should. have. No, no. It seems uh, it seems like you didn't. It seems yeah. like you didn't. Not really yeah. about that. That's the betting about. odds, BPI, all, all the the basketball metrics said that they were going to win, but um, I think they choked. Hmm. Can you choke in the finals if you haven't gotten out of the second round yet? <laughs> what does the BPI have on that? How many rings do you guys have in the last decade? <laughs> Same as you. Exactly. <laughs> I think we should stop talking. <laughs> All right, so that was a really fun segment. Thanks, Dale, um, for that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I think we can just, uh, I mean, Dale, you are a resident Philadelphia 76ers expert. I mean, we can just kick it to you. We want to just talk about some of the offseason moves, what you're excited about, what you're not about, and we can just kind of float. Yeah, I think I think P.J. Tucker adds an element of toughness to our team. Daniel House, the, the, when last seen, was not an impact player, but when last played with James Harden, he was. I, I think the biggest question mark, we know we're going to get out of Joel Embiid. We're going to get 60 games, we're going to get – MVP conversation. We're going to get second place in the MVP race because he didn't play the number of games needed. Our goal isn't to be the best regular season team. It isn't to have our best player win MVP. Our goal is to win the championship. So if 60 games is that sweet spot for him so that he's ready to go in the playoffs, like he was this year, it was just he he ran into Siakam's elbow, unfortunately. Harden had the lingering hamstring issue. He clearly didn't have the, the burst in the steps that, yeah, I, I guess the question is, is if he lost a step or if it was due to injury. And now He's posting videos of him doing legwork and stuff like that. So I'm more of a, a skeptic. I'm not like the typical city fan where, you know, you buy into the hype. Like you, how many times have you heard Cowboys fans say this is our year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I, I'm more of a wait and see. Like is it, I, I, I do I 100% believe that James Harden is going to be back. No. Is there a possibility that he's back? Yes. I'm going to wait and see. I trust Joel Embiid and, and the X factor is going to be Tyrese Maxey. You know, that third year is when they make the jump. It seems like he made the jump towards the end of last season. So if he makes another jump, he could be in creep into that top five conversation of the players in the division that we're, we're going to have later in the segment. Yeah, yeah. No, do this. Go for it, Chad. No, I'm just going to say, I mean, I think Maxey kind of became like the second go-to guy, it seemed like, in the playoffs, really. You know, just like Zach Wilson, he has that dog in him, I feel like. Like, he's not scared of the moment. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Dale, based on like the Harden contract. Were you a fan of what Maury did with that as like the one plus one or? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, 
I know that yesterday Woj tweeted, or maybe two days, maybe Friday, uh, Woj tweeted that the Sixers were under investigation for tampering because of, it, 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 you know, like it, it, was, it was Harden's contract, it was P.J. Tucker and Daniel L. House and R.G. and this Daryl Morey. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a team-friendly contract, which is, like, crazy to say that, like, $30 million a year is team-friendly now. But it, when guys are getting 50 or 60, it, it kind of makes sense. I'm not super sold on the, the Harden Sixers. You know, I, I don't think that we should have gotten run off the court by Miami like that. But again, if, if he's playing hurt, he's not going to be at his best. So I say give it another shot. But am, am I like rah-rah, like, did, oh, you know, the Sixers are going to do it all this year? No. I mean, still got to go through the Bucks. I'm not worried about the Celtics. Um, <laughs> but the... I, I, I'm also not worried about the Nets. We'll talk about that. The Bucks, the Heat, they scare me. Sneaky, sneaky, great move that I actually really liked from the Sixers this offseason was getting was trading for D'Anthony Melton. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I think. I mean, not that he's like a true like point guard, right? I mean, he's not your he's not your facilitator. But mm-hmm. I thought that was huge to have because now they have like another ball carrier, another great perimeter defender, and a great like corner at least a like knockdown corner three-point shooter on the team off the bench which i feel like they missed that they've missed that in the past they just haven't had that guy to come off the bench and really like spark creation from other players and so i yeah, think it was you're gonna see better all-around play i think from the bench unit for by having someone who could maybe help those guys create instead of them having to create on their own yeah two years or three years ago it was shake milton yep. um two years ago it was maxi because we started simmons but the, the the issue, like you like you alluded to with with Milton, and I, I like him offensively, is that defensively he's not he can't really guard. Um, at least that's the, they, they at least teams target him. I'm not saying that he can't guard, but he, right. he's going to get in a pick and roll every play. I think that Melton sort of bridges that gap, and the announcers are going to have a, a a fun time <laughs> not confusing Milton and Melton. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on record. I think one of the latest podcasts I had said, I don't even want to hear about the 76ers until they do something in the playoffs. But I'm not going to lie. I'll say this just as like a, you know, white flag or, you know, white dough or whatever the saying is. Like, I do respect the hell out of Joel Embiid. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. I think that had he been fully healthy in the playoffs last season, regardless of kind of the health of the rest of the team, I think he is you know, I mean, obviously we're going to get to top five in the Atlantic, but I mean, Joel Embiid almost doesn't deserve that conversation because he's, you know, somewhere in that top 10 in the NBA, even maybe top five. And anytime you have him on the court, like you said, if he's healthy, what you guys do in the playoffs is going to be very different this year. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, that's a big if, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if it happens, you know, we drafted Joel in 2014, you know, and, and if they have, I know that the first two years he didn't play and, and then it was like, oh, this injury. And then it was the Ben Simmons year. And then it was the COVID year. Like, ah, eventually you got to get it done. And and that's just us holding him accountable. And, and, and I'm not blaming him, you know, but like every year we can point to like why it didn't happen. The end result is that it didn't happen. Like wh- which team was fully healthy in the playoffs? hundred percent. No, I think that, I mean, just like the, the Bucks had a injury, but like, I think that any part of the NBA playoffs, all of that is, there's a little bit of luck on your side and you have to be able to play through injury. So no, I totally agree. I mean, there, there, there can't be a ton of excuses in the end, but I yeah, do hope not, it's healthy. I mean, the, the deeper teams I feel like are more fit for the playoffs because for one next man up, if someone does go down and for two, typically they load manage their guys better. So it's a, it's a smaller likelihood of, of those like soft tissue sort of like wear and tear kind of. Thing. 
kind of injuries. Now, now Joel's are usually freak accidents. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, some of that is putting himself in that position. Like he's always falling. He's on the floor all game. And it's like, <laughs> no. you know, I saw he's, he's kind of clumsy with them big ass. <laughs> I saw a pic, I saw a picture and it was James Harden with like his hands on his head on the court, and then three feet next to him is Joel Embiid also on the court. And it was like, how many minutes during next season will we see this in Philadelphia? And I was like, that's so true. Just especially Joel, though. He's always on there's, the floor. There's two other guys career-wise, who are on the floor as much as these two. And these guys have been known to struggle with injury, even though they're amazing players. Dwayne Wade and Anthony Davis. Yep. You know, like, maybe we should do some yoga exercises for, like, balance. <laughs> like, stay off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think it's going to be an interesting season for you guys. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where Harden kind of comes out of the gate. I think there's a lot of good talk, and, like, we're seeing him doing the right things at least for right now. So I, I, I do want to see like a fully healthier Sixers squad. I want to see a healthy Bucks squad. I think like the East is going to be super intriguing just as a whole. So just moving on. I mean, do, do any of us have anything to say about the Knicks? Jalen Brunson. And it seems like they're in talks for uh, Donovan Mitchell trade, but yep. it's, uh, last the latest is that the talks have stalled. When's the last time the Knicks made a good trade? You know, I, I don't trust yeah. them to not get hosed. And then the Jazz are clearly in the business of, like, uh, selling. So it's like, hey, you know, you can have our superstar, but we're going to take all your picks. Yeah, and, and I think the Rudy Gobert trade just ruined the trade market for first-round picks for, like, yeah. the next year. Like, Yeah, they're not worth shit now. Yeah. I, 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 said it on a, I said it on a podcast with Chad earlier. Like, first-round picks have never been more valuable and meant less at the same time. So it's crazy, but I think, you know, the market needs a reset for sure. And the trend there's like, I think they're asking for seven first round picks at least for Denver Mitchell. And it's like, that's it's age. A, that's age. I know. I know. He, that's what he, he does. Yeah. He's trying I mean, to, I'm not saying that's but, a good, I, I, I don't think like Mitchell and I had, I am intrigued by the next season. I want to see what kind of goes on there. Obviously they're a huge market. I am intrigued to see if they make that move for Mitchell. Do I think that moves the needle? No. With the pieces they have now, I Mitchell's not, that that's going to make them just maybe a playing team. Yeah. 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 I, see. yeah. Um, I, I mm-hmm. yeah, Dale. they're, a, they're a bad organization, but also uh, just real quick. Sorry to cut you off. The, no, Danny Ainge isn't realistically asking for a second first round picks. He's trying to set an unreasonable expectation so that the teams feel like they get a deal if they give up four. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he's a 25 year old, you know, guy in the middle of a good contract. So we'll see what ha- kind of happens there. I am intrigued with the Knicks. You know, I want to see what they do with RJ Barrett. I think they kind of need to let him go in the te- in the sense of like let him kind of take over, let him be the number one guy. I would love to see them move on from Julius Randle. I think that he's not a guy that's just he it, 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 he he was fun when they when they just got Tom Thibodeau and you know he was kind of just literally just being like the highest usage guy in the NBA and running up and down the court. I mean, he's definitely improved as a player since he came into the league. But I think that we've kind of seen what he can be and i don't think he moves the needle for them so i have an alternate take on julius randall yeah he, he had the, the the year after covid he had that like amazing season where he was an all-star selection and it was he was in contention for most improved and uh sort of like you, you know had that gave the Knicks that resurgence when they were the four seed and lost to the um hawks the four or five seed I'm not yeah sure. four, I, of course yeah because they were in the four seed they were home yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, and then he had last season, right? But not only was his play down in every element, like it didn't seem like he was right. I, every time I watch the Knicks game or, or even Knicks highlights, he's getting into a fight with the ref, another team, his teammates, someone in the stands. It seemed like there was something deeper going on there. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know what it was, but hopefully he gets that sorted out and we can see 2021 Randall again. Um, with that being said, do I think that he's going to lead the Knicks anywhere? No. No, I don't. No. I think the key with him, um, if they can utilize him as more of that point forward, take away some of his three-point shooting, he doesn't have to be the guy who gets the shots up. Again, I think that they got to like let RJ kind of take – point in terms of the scoring but I do think Randall is like he can take the ball up he I think he he can he's a good playmaker at times so I'd love to see him more in that role I think they paid a, a point guard 100 million dollars to not <laughs> that's a point forward that is true yeah with Brunson I mean I don't know what how did you feel about that move at all glad to see him get his money and the and the, the contract that he deserves the recognition yeah. big shoes to fill in New York I I think he can fill them every stage that he's been on he's excelled at over time you know, he doesn't jump off the screen. He's the most talented player on the court. But at the end of the season, usually he's one of the best. <laughs> I think what you get with him is you get a really high IQ basketball player. And I think that's what the Knicks need. I think and I think every team needs that, right? Especially the point guard position. There is something about having a great shot IQ and great, like, game control. Um, and I think that he's he showed that at Villanova. And I think that he definitely showed it in Dallas. My, my thing with the Knicks is my only comment on the Knicks the Mitchell Robinson contract made little to no sense to me. I just don't know how they, I mean, good for Mitchell Robinson for, for getting that amount of money. You know, you just look at it. I just, I initially, I just immediately compared it to Robert Williams contract in Celtics. And I think Robert Williams is a more impactful player than Mitchell Robinson is. And I think, and they're relatively the same age. I think he's like a year and a half older. Rob is why are you paying him that much money? What, what, what are you doing? You don't even play like they don't even play him. I didn't understand that move at all. Yeah, I had him in fantasy and it was frustrating because he's <laughs> he's uber efficient, but he doesn't get very many minutes. I, I I think they were just trying to break that uh pattern of not signing the players that they tried. <laughs> <laughs> like they're trying to convince themselves that they made a good draft. Yeah. I think I, I don't know how long we've been talking about the Knicks, but I think we've actually kind of done way more than we probably needed to on the Knicks. Good job, guys. Clap it off. Um, go, go Knicks. I do want to hear from you, Dale. I think Matt and I have talked enough about the Celtics. Um, you made a point saying that you're not scared of the Celtics. No. Like, give like a once, like 10 second summary of the offseason. Was it good? Was it bad? And then kind of just go off on why you're not afraid of the Celtics. Because it seems like they've now pissed Jalen Brown off. And as as you saw, like, like the, that Celtics team from January, from like the beginning of the season, October to January, and then from January to June was a totally different team, as you guys saw. And that was just on coming together, on heart, on like bringing it together, morale, basically, right? It, it seems like they jeopardized that with trade talks that they didn't need to be involved in. Okay. If, if, if now, I think one thing that I see with the Celtics is, especially from last year, is they were a team that rallied behind some of the controversy, which is something that they hadn't done previous to midway through last year. If they kind of keep that same mentality, Brown uses this as a motivation, you know, into next season, they come out like they did second and half of last season now what's your like fear level one through ten on what you're going to see from them i mean to be to be honest you, you can't count them out like, they're the one team that you can't count out so going into the playoffs last year there were five 
powerhouses in the East, right? Bucks, Heat, Celtics, Sixers, Nets. I was like, okay, one of these teams ain't getting out of the first round. They can't, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's clearly going to be the Celtics. Wrong, right? Like, they, they were the one who actually came out of the East, you know, and gave the Warriors a, a decent run. So I don't want to disrespect and, ca- and count them out, but I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can't have it in myself to fear the Celtics. And, it, and when you look at their roster, you're like, okay, they have two scores. They have an A-plus score and an A-minus score. And then they have non-scorers. I know they got Gallinari, but Gallinari is going to have his, his issues. It's like, okay, like that's – they're going to score 94 points. You know, if they hold the other team to 91 points, that's a win, you know? So, I, you know, I, I would say that the lack of depth on offense, but as we saw, like those other guys stepped up especially come playoff time. Like, they weren't the same Celtics that were like, Iso Tatum, Iso Brown, Iso Tatum, Iso Tatum, Iso Brown. Let let Marcus Mark get a shot. I, you know what I mean? Like, they were playing sort of like the 2011 Heat, where it's like, okay, we got Brown Wade, Brown Wade, Brown Wade. Let Bosch get a turn. Okay, Brown Wade. You know, that was how they were playing at the end of the year, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. And then they started playing like a team. Tatum became more of a facilitator. You know, Brown was able to improve his shot selection, and they let Marcus Smart sort of be that point guard. And it, it turned things around for sure. I agree with that. I think when they play like a free-flowing offense, they move the ball and they're not playing like Tatum and Brown have to be the two who, who shoots the ball and they just kind of play through each other. I think that's when they're best. Bringing in Brogdon, I think he's going to be another one who can kind of get play started. He historically had been a good, you know, three-point shooter, which is always good for us to spread the floor. And like you said, I don't think Gallinari is going to be, you know, a firecracker. Like he's not going to be asked to play 20, 25 minutes, but he comes in as someone who just, you know, has the experience, can knock down some three-point shots, can pressure the defense a little bit, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a game. And who knows when it comes playoff time, the rotation shortens. Overall, yeah, I think that we had a good offseason. And I think I'm like you. I'm not going to – I don't want to play too much into last season that we made the finals. Like, I don't know if we're going to do that again. We There's a lot of tough teams in the East. I think the East is really compelling. But like you said, I mean, there's a lot of top-end talent there. And I think that we have given ourselves another shot to make that run. I want let one last thing I want to say on the Celtics is that I, another concern that I have is that they're not going to be able to have as effective practices because they don't have any more cones or um, and their players may go hungry because they don't have any more bags of chips because they traded them all for Malcolm Brogdon. What was that trade? Like, yeah, we got a, uh, what's your name again? Yeah. You, you're traded for Malcolm Brogdon. Like, what was Indiana thinking? Yeah, it was like, yeah, any, anyone who was in the garden that day is now just working for the Pacers. It was like they, yeah. they found like the janitorial staff and they were like, you guys are also going. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was, they traded yeah. lucky and shit. That's a great point. Yeah, they fleeced the, uh, the Pacers. I want to move through a little bit quickly on the, on the next two teams. So I guess let's start with the Raptors because I feel like they pretty much – Stay the course. Got a, got another guy who's six seven to six nine, with a seven eight wingspan. Yeah, to to, to fit their mold of everyone on the roster. Yeah, forwards, long forwards. <laughs> we can switch. We can defend, and we're going to get out and run. Yeah, and Scotty Barnes is a stud. Chad, yeah, I think like you guys said, it they they kind of stay the course. Uh, they're always a team that ends up. I always underestimate them, and then they always surprise me. They're always like at least a five seed. They're always going to be trouble in the first, maybe second round. Nick Nurse is an awesome coach. And I think that, yeah, they, they're going to run it back. Scotty Barnes hopefully will make that leap. You know, I would not want to get rid of that guy at all. He's going to be a problem. 
Siakam definitely came back, you know, latter half of last year. Uh, and if he can start the year like that, Fred Van Vliet is another guy who consistent as all heck. They're just, they're, they're just going to be the Raptors. They're just going to be there in the end. It's what they do. Van Vliet. And Gary Trent can shoot that thing too. Yeah. He, he, I love Gary Trent. He's a, he's a good player. The one, one thing that I would, if I were a Raptors fan that I'd want on my wish list would be, I mean, although maybe they don't need it because they just don't like these guys, uh, back a point guard. Yeah, I just, I think that that's just like really kind of the only thing that they're yeah. missing. Yeah. But yeah, they, all have, right. they have 14 forwards on there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Fred Van Vliet and then forwards. Like, I don't even think they have a center. It's, it's, yeah. it's I literally mean, Boucher, just. Boucher like plays center. He's a forward. He's like 6'9". Yeah. Precious Achua technically plays center too. Yeah. all right and then uh so chad you said that you're not trading the dude talking about scotty barnes i assume that you mean that you're not going to be trading him for including him in trade talks for kevin durant which probably brings us to the brooklyn nets Uh, oh you ready for this the brooklyn nets (laughs) get it because they're because they're you know broken yeah not broke financially but like as a team dale we chad and i have kind of talked about a little bit of (laughs) <laughs> the nets and the status of the nets what uh where, where how's how's your take on this offseason bottom five organization in the nba they just happen to be in brooklyn so they're going to attract some sort of star talent but they don't know what to do with it they don't know they don't manage it well like you ever do like a 2k franchise and fuck up <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like yeah, I don't know. Like their best players are like asking to leave, but like not asking to leave, and yeah. then they're kind of like, "Oh, give me 14 first round picks for a guy who's just, you know, if he doesn't go to a team he wants to go to, want to ask for another trade." And then when you do, like, yeah. what they got the the guy who won't take the vaccine, like, uh, they traded for Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> they took like, off their hands, man. Okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> I find it crazy. Like, like you were saying, Dale, Danny Ainge, when he asked for seven picks, he's hoping to get like four or five. He's trying to like up the trade value. There's a point where that makes sense. Maybe like the way Danny's doing it. And then you have whatever Sean Marks is doing. And it's like, j- like no one has 14 picks to trade. I don't think that is even remotely possible. I-, I guess there's just never been someone with this four years left in their contract, his type of like talent. But again, it's kind of like what you said. If, if he's asking for a trade out of the Brooklyn Nets, where to me, there's not many, I, I know it's a bottom five organization, but I don't know if he's going to find a- another team that's built around him like he has right now, I just like, and he could ask to leave again. So how much can you trade away for someone like that? Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. And, and it like Harden wanted to leave, Durant wanted to leave, Kyrie wanted to leave. Like they got Ben Sim. But anyway, um, like if, <laughs> if you have a player like Kevin Durant and you get him to sign for four years, you keep him happy, right? So they already fumbled something where he wanted to leave. And then... If he says you he wants to leave, you say, "Thanks, Kevin. See you at practice." Like you have, <laughs> no. I, I don't even know what is this like. This kind of scares me. I guess in like the whole league, like I feel like what is going to happen with this? We keep seeing players ask for trades earlier and earlier in their contracts. Like it is wild to me. Like you said, Dale. Like how do they even remotely entertain that, or are they doing that just to maybe like entertain it to? make him seem like, yeah, we want like what's best for you. And then they're just going to keep him. But it is nuts now that four years, five years, three years left on these deals. And these guys are just like, yeah, nah, just like, just not feeling it. Dale, you, have, you make a great point. You have Kevin Durant. You have fucking Kevin Durant on the team. 
he's got four years left in his deal. I think that you like even if he even if you fuck that up and haven't made him happy yet, you still have the opportunity to at least amend that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, it, on one hand, I get why um, Kevin Durant wants to leave. From his perspective, if I'm Batman and I'm out in the streets and getting my ass beat, and Robin can't come help me because he won't get the fucking vaccine. I'm going to go work with Flash or Green Lantern or something, right? Like, I get it. But then on the other hand, the Celtics, or the, sorry, the Nets got swept by the Celtics in the first round. They didn't win a game. And it's not like when LeBron left Cleveland, it was like, hey, I did all I could. I didn't have the help I needed. The Nets got swept because Kevin Durant didn't play well. Like, when he left OKC, he didn't play well in those late games against the Warriors when the Warriors came back 3-1. And then he leaves. It sort of implies, like, I can't win with these people. But it's like the issue is that you didn't do your job. You didn't you didn't play up to your standard, the standard that you set. And then to ask to leave, I, I don't like that because it sort of like implies like, hey, I don't have the help that I need. And that wasn't the issue. The issue was that Jason Tatum outplayed Kevin Durant on both ends. Yeah. I'm sorry, Steve Nash. He, he doesn't coach that team well. No. And, and Kyrie doesn't help with like, oh, we don't need a coach. Me and Kevin got that. Like you need a coach. You need a coach. It's the NBA. You're not just out there hooping. I know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two of the most skilled players of all time. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. Watching those two plays is incredible, but you need a coach in the playoffs. You're playing the same team over and over again. They're studying the shit out of you. They're getting all up in your shit. Like they know exactly what you want to do before you want to do it. You need a coach. I love the parallel you made to the OKC Thunder. I didn't really think about how he, you know, kind of fumbled back there. And then we're seeing it again. He's asked out of both uh, situation. And like, and yeah, like you said, I think like we think maybe, or a lot of players think or whatever it is like in the, in the playoffs, the game changes, it becomes more of a half court game and you, you, you may need to go one-on-one ISO ball to kind of get that last bucket. But I think that, like you said, and we see with Steve Nash is you do need a coach. You need someone kind of orchestrating, you know, the, the goal part of the team and you can't just play pickup ball and hope that just your talent alone is going to win you playoff games, even when the game tightens up. So, yeah, Dale, you said a lot of things that I agree with um, that I didn't think about. So really appreciate your input on that. Uh, we have a little time left, so it's going to be a little bit, this is going to be quick. Top five players in this division. Chad, I can, we'll start with you, then we'll go Dale, um, then we'll go myself. All right. So I got top five and then I'm going to have a couple caveats and honorable mentions quickly. So I have in order, I think I have KD, Embiid, Tatum, Siakam, and Kyrie. Given KD Kyrie, we don't know what's going on there. So I just, I also have, as honorable mentions, Jalen Brown, Fred Van Vliet, James Harden, and RJ Barrett as kind of that next tier. RJ Barrett isn't close to as good as Jalen Brunson. Brunson. I, I see, I see that. Yeah. I'm saying I, no. if, you take, if you take one left handed guard off the mix, you take one. <laughs> I think that Barrett may make a leap. I think he improved a lot as a defender last year. So I, I guess I'm personally projecting a little bit of a leap from Barrett, whereas I think we, to a point, know what we're going to get from Brunson. He's a very consistent player. Okay, so this is a forward-looking top five, not backwards. I guess I did that slightly with RJ Barrett. Or otherwise, I think I kind of took the now. But I think with him, I, I, I kind of did project a little. Go now, top five deal. KD, Embiid, Tatum. I would take Brown over Siakam. And then Siakam. I, I, I need to see it out of Harden before I believe it. I'm not going to just be a, a blind homer. Talk about forward-looking. Look out for Tyrese Maxey. Dale, mine's the same as yours, except I just sw- I just swapped the top. I said Embiid, KD, Tatum, Brown, then Pascal Siakam. Yeah, um, and if I'm- we're forward-looking, then, I mean, half of Kyrie Irving, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dale, real quick. 
It's just a segment we're going to call over under. I'm just going to give you a couple of things. It's going to be three things over under. It's just going to be, it's going to make no, whatever. Uh, 51 and a half over under. under. Just, okay. Red over five ten. <laughs> Even. <laughs> All right, Dale, thank you so much for joining us, bud. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, this was great. We will definitely uh, be having you on a lot more. So thank you so much for joining us. No, I appreciate you guys. Sorry, I was late. Yeah. <laughs> dude, no, it was awesome. It was awesome seeing you, man. And yeah. hearing a lot of your input, dude. I, I love chatting with you and definitely hope to get you back on. And it was awesome. For sure. Thank you, guys. I love the podcast. Big fan. Happy to, to join again to once the season starts to, to talk about how things are going. Love it. And we play you guys several times this year, so we will see. All right, guys. See ya. Peace, guys. Jump shots. The podcast. These guys. <laughs> <laughs>